welcome to another satiatingly delicious episode of We Only Look <laughs> wow. Thin. That didn't Easy go for very you to well. say. It did Easy not. for you to say. I had to, it's different the way you say things are uh, in your head versus how you say them. Hello. Hello. Uh, this is We Only Look Thin, and I am Catherine Weigel. I am one of your hosts. I have lost about 145 pounds. Holy cow. I am a Tiny Habit certified coach. Yes, you are. And with me today is... Donald Weigel, and I am also one of your hosts, and I've lost about 100 pounds. Couldn't and thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> Contrary to popular, you don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> now we we basically have one stick, so I'm sorry about that. But uh, hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome to another episode. Uh, we are having a heat wave right now, and yeah. uh, we we have to keep the fans and the air conditioning off while we record, uh, so that you, the listener, don't have to hear those uh, sounds in the background. So. Uh, we are, it is the temperatures rising by the second yes. as we record So we're going to just, you know, clip through this. Can you hear my, can you hear that? Yes. Oh, good. <laughs> it's like an ASMR. I don't know, kids love the ASMR. They love sounds. People love snapping in their uh, podcast. No, nobody likes to be snapped at No, at that's all. true, very much. Uh, um, but uh, we're going to let you in on a little secret today. Oh, wait, Finally. we're, we're going to tell them? We're going to tell them. You we're, know, this is episode 225, by the way. It is? I yeah. didn't know that. Nice round number. You're letting me in on this secret. Yeah. So you know how sometimes you find out things at the end of things like you you read a book and you're like, yeah. oh my gosh, the the criminal in the end was it was me all along, or it, like I was the hero without the superpowers. Yes, the the hubcap was inside me all along. Exactly. It wasn't it wasn't the magical hubcap exactly. or something. Exactly. Um. So we have done as Donald just said, 225 episodes, including this one. Yeah. So you have received a lot of advice, and guess what? We've been doing all along. I I don't know what we've been tricking you. What? Into learning how to manage your own problems. Oh, <laughs> no. That is a terrifying revelation. Well, but here's the thing. We still have people who maybe send us messages and are like, but what do I do? What's the one weird trick? Like, yeah. after all that, guess what? There's no weird trick. Yeah. But what we have been doing, if you didn't know, is giving you, dear listener, Growth mindset tools to help you navigate solutions yourself to manage your own problems. Yeah, I like to to imagine, and we've made this analogy before, but I like to imagine that, you know, the sort of gorillas in the mist, like you're there observing yourself. Yeah. Like, and you as a scientist of yourself have to figure out how you behave and how to uh, edit that behavior in a way that you would prefer. Well, and I think in total, all of this is we are here to give you many solutions. But unless you actually apply them to your own life, you'd be yeah. like, well, they say a lot of stuff, but I didn't learn anything. What we want you to do is figure it out for yourself. But we still want you to listen to us. Like, listen to us, but also figure it out for yourself. <laughs> right, So exactly. in, in this episode, we are going to be talking about troubleshooting your calorie targets. Now, when I say calories, what I mean is food units. What I mean is Weight Watcher points. We just use it all interchangeable. Donald and I count calories. Whatever you count, uh, whatever metric system you use, whatever point you use, just assume that we're saying all of it. Yeah, and look, like I'm just rephrasing what Catherine just said, but we're not saying you have to count calories, but I at least believe you have to count something. Yeah, count something. Like I, I, you know, I don't 
I personally cannot wrap my head around the idea of just sort of, you know, winging things and seeing how it goes. Because when I wing things and I don't actually quantify them, I'd be like, oh, I probably got 10,000 steps today. Oh, I I must have eaten fewer than 2,000 calories today. And then, you know, when I would add it up, afterwards, I would realize it was either way fewer steps than that or way yeah. more in terms of calories. No, I would go to Target and feel like I had run a marathon and really it was right. like a thousand steps. Yeah, like a thousand <laughs> steps, exactly. Exactly. So whatever units you use, macros or points or calories or megajoules or whatever, I don't know. Right, megajoules, a- <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Gigawatts. Whatever, whatever you use, uh, use it. It's great. Uh, but we're going to just say calories to keep it simple. So again, we're going to talk about navigating going over your food megajoule targets, whatever that is. Exactly. What if you just keep going over? I know that this was a big issue for me of that sort of ideal number you're going to hit. And then why don't you just go over it? Yeah, I would typically set a calorie goal of 1.21 gigawatts. And Marty, you got to do something about your gigawatts. <laughs> you got to do something about your calories, Marty. Um, and... I, well, what I would typically do was I would sort of arbitrarily set this calorie goal and then I would, you know, struggle and white knuckle it through the day. And then I, at the end of the day, I would go in the kitchen and secret eat like 2000 calories. Yeah. It was a very familiar pattern for me. Yeah. So um, we receive messages often in Molt Place and then from, uh, from other dear listeners sort of saying, hey, I'm on this binge restrict cycle. Are these the number of calories I should be eating? I keep going over. What should I do? And generally when we're frustrated with lack of progress or self-sabotage, we go into this like extreme change cycle of like, okay, that's it. I'm getting all the snacks out of the house. Okay, I'm going to cut my calories to the extreme. I'm never going to go out of the house again. And we do those things of like coming in hot, which was another episode of Walt. Sorry, you're going to put that in the show notes. All of it's in the show notes. And then those lightning bolt moments where we have the like, oh gosh, we were just diagnosed with something. We've got a wedding coming up. I've got to lose 20 pounds by whatever. And so we do these extreme measures. But what we're going to do today is we're going to give you, and next week, because this is a two-parter, woohoo! Oh, yeah! Two parts! Two parts! Is We're going to give you a list of questions that you might want to ask yourself as you're going on your journey. Not these extreme measures, not these, you know, I better really buckle down But we're going to give you a new perspective on the ways that you can look at your own issue in troubleshooting. Absolutely. So a lot of times, again, when we're looking at those lightning bolt moments, those coming in hot, I hear people say that they're restricting and it's unsustainable. They go into binge cycles. And when we impose unrealistic and punitive restrictions on ourselves, what we're saying is we're punishing ourselves. Like you've been bad. And as, you know, a punishment, you don't get to eat food anymore. Oh, just talking about that. Like I got like I had a visceral reaction just now. Like that just makes me feel so bad like hearing people talk about you know being bad because they ate some food right but what i like to do and i've said this before is instead of thinking about restriction which hashtag diet culture whatever is showing restraint by creating an environment for ourselves in which we have guidelines and policies and planning it lets us enjoy foods that we like yeah because it's not restrictive for me to not eat a dozen donuts like 
man, she's being restricted. I'm showing restraint by not eating a dozen donuts. Yeah, for we sure. We literally used to go across town to this fancy place that, you know, it takes a half hour to get there with these fancy donuts. And we would get a dozen for two of us. Yeah. We'd get a dozen donuts for two people. Yeah. And, and I don't want to get off track here, but, you know, we would oftentimes make food the destination yeah. and food the activity. You know, and it would be like, people would be like, hey, I want to get together this weekend. Or, you know, somebody is coming in from out of town. And my first thought was, how can we make this about food? How can we make this rendezvous about, you know, what we're eating and how much we're eating? And how soon can I get there? And can I pre-eat before the event? Right, just in case, (laughs) in case traffic is bad. But now we show restraint. And again, that planning isn't about, you know, punishing ourselves. It's about making the most out of what we want while still, you know, kind of following our long-term goals, yeah. which is not to have diabetes again. Right, right, <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> Just to continue to not be on my diabetes medicine. But then also for people who maybe pre-plan what they're going to eat or they do that clean slate, I'm a new person now – We're looking at some ideal version of ourselves, the person that just eats the perfect food, just salad, just whatever. And we're thinking about what we think we should do, not what is realistic and not what is, you know, maybe moderate some indulgent things with some some healthier things. Yeah. Um, So really let go of that ideal version of yourself and know that it's okay to include foods that you still enjoy. Yeah. And look, I... Longtime listeners will have heard me say this a whole bunch of times, but when I, what has it been now, six years ago, um, when I got my diabetes diagnosis, I thought that what I had to do was to never enjoy food ever again. Like, I I just thought, well, this is, you know, the only way I'm going to get through this is to just, you know, eat sad, bland, cardboard food for the rest of my life. And I was super depressed. And then have found out, guess what, spoiler alert, (laughs) that I can actually enjoy the food I'm eating and still eat within a calorie goal and still lose 100 pounds and actually not technically have diabetes anymore. Right. So when we're in that cycle of that, you know, clean slate first thing in the morning, okay, you know what, I'm going to be perfect today. I'm going to eat the ideal foods. And that's like, we've got motivation in the morning. And then by evening, we've said it before, then we're exhausted and we don't want to eat the food we said we were going to eat. And then we feel bad because maybe we just don't have the right amount of resolve or motivation to get it done. But what we're going to do, and we're breaking this into two episodes because we can do whatever we want. um, (laughs) And and it's also a lot of good content. (laughs) Too much for one episode. Yeah. Wow. Sorry. We're just doing it because we can do whatever we want. We can. Um, So we are going to pose eight questions, and we're going to summarize what the questions are. We're going to cover four of the questions in depth today, and then in the next episode, we're going to go in depth to the following four. So the the eight questions we're going to pose, dear listener, are, are you budgeting enough calories? Is this the right season for the calorie target that you have? Are your food choices filling enough? Are you eating foods in the right order? What is that? Yeah. That's crazy. Are the foods you're eating prompting you to feel snacky? Are you getting enough protein? Are you eating foods that you like or foods that you consider diet foods that are unsatisfying? Ooh. 
And what is happening emotionally when you decide you want a snack? You know, for example, how is boredom playing in the role of your choices? What? My emotions yeah. decide what I eat? Um, so these are all, and maybe there are more questions. And as we go through these, if you come up with any, please let us know. But we want to give you a framework to really look at your food choices, not what's dictated by, you know, a big Weight Watcher or Big Point Mega Jewels or whatever, but actually really think about things for yourself so that you can design a plan that works best for you because one person's prompts for eating things might be different to someone else's. Yeah, and and look, I just want to also preference, you know, what what we're trying to say here is we don't believe there is one right plan. Look, I believe strongly that there are a lot of wrong plans out there, (laughs) but I don't believe that there's necessarily one right plan for everybody. And even though at its core, Catherine and I both count calories and track our steps, like track our movement, our, our exercise, we don't eat the same foods. We don't eat them in the same way. And we have very different you know, if you look at what we're eating every day, we have very, very different, um, you know, foods that are basically part of our plan and very different times of day that we're that we're doing it. Yeah, totally. If I had to follow Donald's plan, I would cry a lot, I think. <laughs> so yeah, well, I cry a lot, too. No, no, just kidding. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So we'll we'll get started. So the first question again is, are you budgeting enough calories, points, whatever? And that may sound really odd to begin with, because what people usually ask is, are you eating too few? I mean, are you like, is your calorie count low enough so that you can lose weight? But what we're asking you to ask yourself is, are you actually eating enough calories when you're setting this up? Exactly. So for me, I know when we worked out with a personal trainer or, you know, back in the early days of weight loss is like, oh, we'll just eat 1200 calories. That's what you need to do to lose weight. That's what you do. When we worked out with a trainer, he gave us very few calories. When I started with Weight Watchers, I realized a while back, I started looking at Weight Watchers again. They were prescribing a certain number of points. When I compared it to calories, it ended up being 900 calories for the day. Like, oh, gee, why can't this be sustainable for me? Because I'm a 200-pound woman eating 900 calories. That's not going to work. Yeah. And, you know, on for one thing, it it just eventually for me, I would always do that thing where, you know, maybe I could eat a low calorie diet like that for a certain amount of time that I could ride my willpower for a certain amount of time. But eventually I would always cave and it would just collapse and it would not just collapse in the sense of like, oh, well, I went over by a hundred or two calories. It would always just be like, okay, now I'm going to eat an entire cake. Like I'm going to just go absolutely bananas and eat all of the food And I'm going to do it with a vengeance. And any progress I had made would just come, you know, the the weight would come roaring back on plus more like every time. Well, and I think most of that is because we feel like, okay, we can't comply to a program. It doesn't work. Nothing's going to work for me. But all of this is, you know, to flip it around to say, what can I make work right now based on my current circumstances? So again, Apps like even MyFitnessPal and other, you know, generic calculators like that might just give everybody, they might ask you like, what 
color are your eyes right. and like how many earlobes do you have and then give you 1400 right. calories. There are trackers out there. One that I have found is from a website called freedieting.com. I know it sounds maybe sketchadoodle. I promise it's not a, uh, a secret virus, yeah. um, but they have a calorie calculator um, and you can put in your weight, your height and your general activity level. And I have found it to be fairly accurate within maybe one to 200 calories of matching my maintenance and my moderate weight loss numbers. Again, it is not science. It is not as good as having maybe a DEXA scan or some other physician prescribed plan for your total energy expenditure and all that. But I found it to be a good benchmark for me. And part of that is really like your age matters, but perimenopause matters. Your, you know, how sedentary you are, all these different things factor in. And just because we're all on this path together doesn't mean that our calories are all the same. And generally speaking, every single time I tried to lose weight in the past, I was shooting for 1,200 to 1,400 yeah. calories. This time I lost when I was 250 pounds, I was losing eating about 1,900 to 2,000 calories a day. And that is way more and way more sustainable than in the before times when I thought I had to starve myself. And when I started um, it, this current path, I just measured what I was eating without judgment for a while. And it yeah. turned out I was doing like over 4,000 calories most days. And I started by just cutting back to 3,500. And I know that sounds like a lot, but from where I was, like everybody is at a different place. From where I was, that was still a significant number of calories fewer. And I lost weight at that point. And then when I when I lost some weight, um, I found that I, I sort of plateaued with 35. And so I cut down a little more and I cut down a little more. And, you know, I'm at a point now where I eat, I eat about 2000 a day. And that's, you know, pretty satisfying, really, at this point. Um, and I'm able to to maintain my weight loss at that level. And I think everybody is at a, at a different goal. But there was no point at which I was going to be able to sustain a 1200 calorie a day lifestyle. Exactly. And I think part of the question is oftentimes we ask about how many calories I should eat. But the other part of that question is how many calories are you actually burning? Because at a a heavier weight, when I was 145 pounds more with a bigger body, comes more energy burn. You know, if you're driving an SUV or a truck, you're burning more gasoline than a compact car. And boo-hoo-hoo, I have to eat fewer calories now to keep my weight down. But I have a smaller engine now than I did when I was at my, you know, larger size. So really looking at that, um, again, join Walt Place. There, I said it. If you want more (laughs) customized support on this, uh, you can join our support group by going to our website, weonlylookthin.com, and clicking on the link for join our support group. So yes, please um, do that. This is just a guideline. This isn't gospel. But uh, are you eating enough calories? Okay. And then the next question again is, is this the right season for the calorie target that you have? We did an episode uh, number 108 called Pyramid Scheme, where we talked about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Uh, Please don't fall asleep. Um, We're nerds. But, (laughs) But really, there are times when we prescribe 
calorie targets for ourselves that might not match the season we're in. If we're under a lot of stress, if our you know we're in some sort of family crisis, if we're in survival mode, it might be a time to just maintain your weight and not try to lose. If things are more easygoing, if life is not stressful, if things are in balance, you might be able to expect a you know a, a season of weight loss for yourself. Or if you're thriving, you might be able to really customize, maybe go into counting macros and really push yourself to you know you know push the boundaries on the kinds of foods that you're eating. Yeah, but this could change based on your depression, your work stress, if kids are on vacation, if you've got family visiting, if, you know, COVID-y things, let's just, you know, the blanket COVID thing. Um, look at the season that you're in. Are you asking too much of yourself? Is this the time to look at maintaining or losing? And really, it doesn't have to be a, hey, this is what I'm doing forever yeah. thing. You know, uh, I, Catherine and I have developed systems of sort of bare minimums. And there are times in our lives where things are calm and we have some extra, in air quotes, free time. And I'm able to add, you know, things like extra strength training and extra exercise and, you know, really, you know, do some sort of deluxe food prep yeah. where I'm actually doing more than just opening packages. Um, and then there are other times, which is, you know, most of the time where I'm doing sort of the minimum where I'm, you know, I'm tracking my steps, I'm not doing so much strength training, and I'm, you know, eating a lot of convenience foods, which is, you know, how I've really managed to do this. But things change, and it goes up and down, and it hasn't been one consistent, like, exactly the same plan this whole, you know, five, six years. No, for sure. And I think, too, going back to that going over your calorie target continually, you might be planning for this ideal perfect food situation, but then you get a call from the principal, and you got to go pick your kid up, and you, <laughs> you know, I don't know why I'm talking like that, yeah. but that happened to me like a week ago. I had to go pick up our daughter early, and the afternoon I thought I had of meal prep didn't actually happen. Yeah. So it can be, you know, a season could be morning versus evening. You can really switch it up, but you might expect different things of yourself. Maybe it's time to have some heat. And serve meals in the freezer that you don't have to worry about as backup. Maybe it's a time for just working on eating off small plates or having a policy of closing your kitchen at a certain time so that you're not going back to food. Um, it is really important to pay attention to what you can actually expect of yourself. Now, there is a balance between enabling behavior in yourself that is maybe, you know, below what you're capable of. So you have to watch that like, yeah, you know what, you're right. This isn't a good time for yeah, me. Yeah, for like, sure. Just because General Hospital was canceled does not mean it's a time to, you know, eat comfort food. Right. And we've talked about this before, you know, the lies that we used to tell ourselves about like, I deserve this. It's been so stressful. Like I really need a treat. And, you know, all of those were were really us lying to ourselves. So, you know, there's a balance here. Yeah. And uh, in a, a small example, sorry about General Hospital. I actually don't know if that is still on the air, but a week ago, uh, our daughter uh, took ill at school. It sounds very, uh, very dramatic, yeah. very Wuthering Heights. Yeah. But I had to go pick her up. And guess what? We went and, and she was fine. Uh, spoiler alert, she was fine. But we ended up going to get uh, Burger King. Guess what? It wasn't like 
oh my gosh, life is ruined, the, the afternoon screwed up. I got a, a Happy Meal or a Junior Meal or a Prince Meal or whatever, and it fit my calorie target. It was delicious. I didn't have to cook anything, and I won. I won the day. You did. I just wanted to brag about being <laughs> awesome. <so. laughs> that sounds good. All right, what are the other questions we should ask ourselves, Donald? So the next question that you should ask yourself is, are your food choices filling enough? What does that have to do with anything? So just as an example, there is a huge difference between you know, 500 calories of like rice and chicken and vegetables and 500 calories of oil. <laughs> yeah. Or like, or nuts. Like you said you had a coworker who would just go and grab a handful of gorp. Handful of gorp. And exactly. that's like all the calories for the day. Yeah. And it's a very tiny handful of, of, you know, nuts as an example that gets you to 500 calories versus the giant plate that you can eat when you have your rice, chicken, vegetables, or in my case, you know, veggie burgers with a side of cauliflower and a, and a tomato salad that I've made, you know, and it ends up being a lot of food for not a ton of calories. And one thing that we have talked about on other episodes is pump, pump up, up the, the volume. volume. <laughs> we just enjoy saying pump up the volume. <laughs> so what do, what does that entail, Donald? What well, is volume? <laughs> well, what is volume and why am I pumping it up? Well, the idea is to you have a, a sort of higher calorie food and you make it go farther by adding a very low calorie yep. food to it to stretch it more. And one thing that I do on a regular basis is I will do something like I will saute up in a nonstick pan with very little oil a, I know, mushrooms and onions or roasted red peppers or, you know, even just fruit is a great thing with which to pump up the volume because it, it is so low calorie. And you add these things to your food. Or, for instance, you have like a, a macaroni and cheese, like cauliflower yeah. goes really well in there to stretch it farther. And you're, you're expanding the volume of food that you're eating while not really expanding the calories so much. Right. So one example is like a small handful of macadamia nuts oh, from yeah. the island of Hawaii. Yeah, those are delicious, but you can't eat very many for a lot of calories. Right. Uh, so it might be like 460 calories, for example. But if you have a piece of salmon, eggs, green beans, tomatoes, you know, a, a rainbow of, uh, of foods, that might be only 480 calories. So you've more than doubled the volume of the food that you're eating while still having it be, you know, satisfying. And again, we're not saying don't eat nuts. If you want nuts, eat the nuts, everybody. But just realize that you can add additional low calorie food to pump up the volume. Maybe you have, you know, macadamias in a bowl of cauliflower. I don't know how you, <laughs> I don't know how you do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. we're, not, we're not prescribing here. But also I used to make pasta the star of every show. Because yeah. When we were younger, I didn't know how to cook anything. So literally I would make a pound of pasta and Donald and I would split it every night. And now I'm like, well, how do I, I just eat it, uh, all that pasta. What am I supposed to do about it? Now I make pasta the side dish. I'll have an actual portion, which is 200 calories instead of what, four portions, which was 800 calories. Yeah, yeah. But 
now we pump up the volume with protein and with vegetables and like make it delicious, add a little bit of Parmesan in there. It's delicious, but it's half the calories because I'm not making pasta the star. It is just a side. And you still get to eat the pasta. Yeah, you get the pasta. You know, or you you have some real pasta and you like mix it with some zoodles or something like that, which <laughs> are like zucchini noodles to like to pump it up, you know, or... Even just if you if you really like Catherine just mentioned that kids meal at Burger King, not that that's pumping up the volume, but it's a very satisfying food that you can eat that you don't have to get the the full sized Whopper. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing is is part of this, too. You can have a small amount of the really, really desirable food that you want and then add something to it so that you're you're still feeling full without having the giant portion. Exactly. And you can even if you're getting the, the Happy Meal and you're getting the, the kid's size fry, you can get a side salad also. You don't have to cut out the fries. You can just add the salad because it doesn't add that much, uh, that many calories. Well, and two, sometimes things that I see of, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about this in the next episode, so you'll have to stay tuned. <laughs> is that like, oh, I want, you know, some cheese, but it's so high calorie. Now I can't eat anything else. If you pair that with a bowl of strawberries or something, that's like suddenly it's a big portion of food. Yeah. And I know this isn't for everyone, but I've been a vegetarian for 30 years. You know, something that I do is I get these like pretty low calorie vegetarian like deli meat kind of things. And I will eat that with my cheese. Yeah. And it it makes it go a lot farther and sort of feels like a, you know, what are they called? The roll-ups or something, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, without the bread, like a little, you know, sandwich. And it really makes it more satisfying and go farther. Yeah. And I know uh, we got this trick from, or this tip, this lucky opportunity. This there. one weird trick. <laughs> one weird trick from uh, Dawn's sister, where she will, instead of having something super indulgent for dessert, she'll have popcorn, which yeah. is air popped, but then she'll add one tablespoon of mini chocolate chips. Yeah. And it melts in and it's kind of snacky, but you get more more satiation. There we go. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, from, <laughs> you know, being able to eat something for 10 minutes, having little nibbles of popcorn, instead of having one cookie that's gone in 10 seconds, she gets to have the popcorn, she gets to have the chocolate. So she's pumping up the volume um, while uh, still being satisfied and not breaking the caloric bank. Okay, one more time. Pump up, up the, the volume. volume. I go, can't believe we did it like twice pretty pretty well in one go, episode. <laughs> go back to episode 18 of this uh, podcast to listen to the full episode where we talk about pumping up the volume uh, for more information on pumping up the volume. Pumping up the – oh, boy. Now we're back to doing it the old way. <laughs> it's fine. And so the final question to ask yourself for this episode is one that really didn't occur to me until sort of – pretty deep into this process. It didn't occur to me until we were lis- we were actually talking about doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and that is are you eating your daily foods in the right order? What? And, yeah. Yes, breakfast, lunch and dinner. <laughs> breakfast, lunch and dinner. And what I mean by that is that I discovered through a lot of trial and error that when I was eating really sort of high sugary snacky type foods in the morning like a lot of breakfast foods are things like uh, like pancakes waffles cereal even like you know we we think of cereal as being so healthy but i hate to break this to you it's really just a big bowl of sugar (laughs) it's basically dessert in a bowl with milk on top of it um and i would eat things like that for breakfast and then it would i would just like 
have the craving for more and more and more. So I found through trial and error that if I eat things like high protein cottage cheese and um, and fruit and you know which still has the sugar in it but is not nearly as triggering and Greek yogurt and I would eat my my veggie burgers you know earlier in the day and my my vegetables earlier in the day if I ate them earlier in the day and then saved my snacky foods for later in the day when my willpower was lower I was much more likely to stay on my calorie goal. Well, and conversely, you also mentioned that if you're, and I've done this too, where if you're like, I'm going to have cauliflower at 10 o'clock at night, that will be a delightful treat for the end of day at work. Yeah, I oftentimes will, you know, I have to, because I'm at work for a a lot of times, you know, 12 hours plus a day, I will have to pack all of my food for for a whole day. And sometimes I don't even get to work till, you know, 11am, noon, one o'clock, and I have to plan on having food for, you know, 11pm midnight. And if I don't eat the my, you know, carrot sticks and my steamed cauliflower early in the day, at 9 or 10 p.m., I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah, in you're that. like, it's cold out. I don't eat stupid carrots. But if I eat it early in the day when my, you know, when my willpower is still good, when I'm still alert, when I'm still awake, then that fills me up in the earlier part of the day. And then I have my yummier, you know, yeah. so to speak, the technical term is yeah. yummier food still available to me later in the day. And I, I know I'm going to want to eat that at nine or 10 o'clock. And it makes it so much easier for me to do that rather than give in to the, you know, the craft service guys brought in pizza or Thai food or whatever, or just even going down the hall to the, to the office kitchen and grabbing, you know, chips and cookies and things like that. If I have the food on hand, that I know I'm going to actually want to eat at that time, it makes it much easier for me to stick to the calories through the day. Well, and two, I've been having a salad issue. Uh, I know that this is, you know, some some deep topic, but I keep going, I buy the lettuce. I'm like, I'll have it for dinner. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'll just wait till dinner. That'll be great. When I have the least amount of energy, I'm going to be chopping vegetables and like weighing and measuring things. Right. I don't want to do that. So if I have my salad at lunch then I know I don't have to like worry about making it later in the day. I still have not eaten the lettuce. I'm just letting you know that. (laughs) It's still sitting in there. But I have to resist so hard. I see a fresh thing of lettuce in the fridge to say to myself, that's going to look real good in the trash in a couple of days. It's great compost. I'm doing this for Mother Earth. I'm trying to fend off global warming. I just want you to know that oh I'm gosh. I'm trying to be a good husband just by, by saying not saying it, that. Oh, yeah. But you just said it I know, on I just national said it television. National so TV. That's way right. to go. But that whole thing of like, okay, get the, you know, get the healthy thing early and then maybe save the sweets for later on. I also, you know, in paying attention to where you spend your calories at what time, like Donald said, if I go for something sweet in the morning, even if it fits my calories, even if it's like, well, it's only a 200 calorie, you know, donut, that's not a big deal. Yeah. It's not the donut. It's what the donut makes me want to do later. So again, I save and maybe, you know, worst parent in the world, we save cereal for dessert. And I know, you know, like I actually took our daughter to the dentist the other day yeah. and mentioned that. And the dental assistants were like, you're the worst mom. Yeah, yeah, no, you're mean. 
<laughs> but like having frosted flakes, that's dessert. And I've made our daughter believe that also. So again, it's it's the treat. I get it, but I save it for the evening as dessert. And then I go to bed so I'm not there eating more food. Yeah, and I typically and I've I've said this before on the show, but I typically save my my really like desserty treaty things for when I know I'm about to go to bed because if I eat them too early, then exactly what Catherine said happens. I, I then want to have another one, another one. Well, just another 200 calories isn't going to hurt. Another 200 calories. But if I have those when I'm getting close to bedtime, then I know I can have it, go to bed, I get away from the kitchen, I'm not going to like get up out of bed and go get more. And it keeps those treats in my life so that I don't then have that urge to later binge on them but it stops me from eating them earlier in the day, which then, you know, is like a domino effect of keeping going. Exactly. So as you're looking at this, we're going to stick with these four suggested uh, questions to ask yourself. But really, as we're doing this, as I said at the beginning, we have the opportunity to really observe our food choices. And if you're already tracking, take a look at it with fresh eyes when you're feeling, you know, good. And when you're feeling kind of settled, look at your food choices. What story is it telling? you? What story throughout the day is your is your is your tracker showing you? Because if we look at it, we understand that we can design our days to be more effective. What if I just moved the morning sweet to the afternoon? How does that go for me? What if I realize that I don't need as many calories during the week, but I save up more for the weekend because that's when I enjoy a cocktail? Yeah. You can move things around. We're not saying get all the sweets out of the house, you know, cut back all your calories, do whatever. We're just saying, how can you design it to be in a situation where you're showing restraint, not restriction? How can you make foods more satisfying by pumping up the volume, moving things around, looking at your carbs differently, looking at your your protein differently to make it more satisfying for you? Because we're not designing our lives to be a perfect number. We're designing our lives to actually be like, oh, wow, I'm getting the things I want and feeling good about myself and maintaining or losing weight. Like that's a, a super win. This isn't about restriction. It's about restraint and design. So take some time this week to really observe your choices. Do you feel good about them? Do you think that there is something that you might be able to change? And we're not talking about changing everything at once. We're not talking about doing all the things. We're talking about just- Yeah, in fact, I think you should try and change you know, one or two things at yeah. a time and not overwhelm yourself with it. Yeah, and see how you do. Uh, we'll talk about more more about that in the next episode. So, so hang tight. Just observe this week. And hopefully we have designed this episode to be highly ah. satisfying to you you for listening and we thank you very much for listening we appreciate each and every one of you and all of our episodes are available still wherever you found this one and also on our website at any time at weonlylookthin.com. Yep, every single one. We get emails from people, I can't find the episode. Just go to the website. It's super. Yeah, and, and the website has a search function. So if you're looking for particular words or phrases, you can type them into the search and all of the episodes that contain those will pop yeah. up. So if you if you uh, if you click if you type in pump 
up volume, yeah. you'll find it. It's right there. It's episode 18. Uh, but if you are at our website, you can also click on the link for join our support group. Oh, yeah. Do and that. That's a great idea. out more about Walt Place. We Only Look Thin Place is our Facebook-based accountability group for women. We have weekly uh, Zoom meetings. I do a newsletter. This isn't a particular plan for weight loss, but it is a place for accountability and support. Um, this actual topic that we talked about today was prompted by a question posed by one of our members. Yeah. And we went through and uh, did some troubleshooting on Zoom about it. And guess what? I don't want to say, but she actually got some success from going through this process. So, yeah, she sure did. Um, so we really dive deep into giving you the tools to manage your own process while being supported by others who understand your issues because they're going through it too. We have two subscription options, a monthly subscription with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month subscription with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if Walt Place is right for you. Yeah, so check it out. And you can also check us out on social media. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at We Only Look Thin. Or you can even send us a good old-fashioned email. And you can reach us there at WeOnlyLookThin at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Uh, you know, compliments are always welcome. Uh, questions. Uh, episode suggestions. We have taken many listener emails and turned them into episodes. And uh, uh, I will admit here that we're not always the fastest to respond, <laughs> but eventually we will get back to you and you can reach us there. Yep. And if you are feeling generous and have a spare minute, you can head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a rating and a review. We have over in the USA uh, 521 star reviews. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much for that. Uh, leave us a rating, and if you have extra time, a review. Not only does it boost our mood, but it also boosts uh, us in the Apple search results when people are looking for inspirational podcasts like ours. Yeah, that really helps us out. And the other thing that really helps us out is just if you tell somebody about the show. Yeah. Uh, if you know somebody that you think might like it, or if the topic comes up in your daily conversation, you can say, you know what? I know a really good podcast you should check out about that and recommend We Only Look Thin. We would be grateful. We sure would. So if you're super annoyed that you need to wait one whole entire week to find out all of our other amazing suggestions on troubleshooting, just remember that Donald and I are an, an inspiration Asian. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program. Hella chopper. A chopper copter? A chopper copter. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.